0: Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs. Now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash wondery. Another Japanese exchange loses millions of dollars in an attack. Good evening. I'm Mark Hockstein, and this is Late Confirmation from Coindesk bringing you the top stories from September 20th, 2018. On today's show, a cypherpunk veteran presents a new coin. David Choum returns with Elixir. Crypto exchanges react furiously to the new report by the New York Attorney General's office. At the end of the show, we'll have Coindesk research analyst Peter Ryan on to talk about the latest statistics on the ICO market. But first, a word from our sponsor.
2: Master financial technology online with the 10-week Oxford Fintech program. Interacting with an international cohort of business leaders and over 60 guest experts, you'll gain a practical introduction to key financial technologies and their business applications. Find out more at OxfordExecFintech.com.
0: Yet another Japan-based cryptocurrency exchange has been hacked. The license exchange ZAF, operated by Tech Bureau, announced today that the staff noticed an unusual outflow of funds on September 14th, and then suspended deposits and withdrawals. It turned out that hackers had gained access to the exchange's hot wallets and stolen roughly $60 million of Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, and Monacoin. The exchange is going to close the hole with its own reserve as big as $20 million and attract a $44.5 million investment from a Japan-listed firm, Fisco. Tech Bureau said it had filed the incident as a criminal case to local authorities. This was the second hack in Japan this year, after Coincheck reported that a $520 million in NEM tokens were stolen by hackers in January. After that, the Financial Services Agency in Japan launched a series of inspections of crypto exchanges regarding their security measures. One of the founders of the cypherpunk movement and digital money pioneer David Chowm is launching a new cryptocurrency known as Elixir. Chowm is using cryptographic techniques he invented himself decades ago, and he believes the new cryptocurrency will have a faster speed, better privacy protection, and scalability. Cham told Coindesk that the technology will make the Elixir network no less than a thousand times faster than any other blockchain, and he claims it will also protect it from hacking in the coming era of quantum computers. To enhance privacy, Elixir will use multi-party computations, a feature that's found already in projects like Zcash and Enigma. It means that while a bunch of nodes are involved in a cryptocurrency computation, Only one person needs to be honest to keep the system functioning and transactions private. The technical brief is out so the crypto community can take a look at the project's technology and judge for themselves how much of a breakthrough it really is. The report on cryptocurrency trading platforms recently released by the New York Office of the Attorney General has caused outrage among crypto exchanges. Coinbase's chief policy officer, Michael Lempris, wrote in a blog post that the report has misleading statements about his company. The report says that almost 20% of Coinbase's volume, quote, was attributable to its own trading. But its own trading is not trading for the benefit of the company, Leprous wrote. In other words, it's not what on Wall Street we call prop trading, proprietary trading. Rather, he said, it's the volume of Coinbase Consumer, a service that executes users' orders with its own exchange. There are even angrier voices out there, Kraken's founder, Jesse Powell, tweeted about his exchange mentioned in the report, comparing New York authorities to an abusive, controlling ex. A little dramatic there. Kraken moved out of New York State in 2015 after the introduction of the BIT license, but still was named by the Office of the Attorney General in this week's report as possibly in violation of state law. Similarly, Shapeshift founder and CEO Eric Voorhees suggested that New York is going to lose its leadership position in global finance if it doesn't change soon. And now it's my pleasure to welcome back to the show Coindesk Research Analyst, Peter Ryan. Peter, thanks for joining us.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: So we're going to talk about the latest trends in crypto fundraising, particularly the ICO market. Um, what, uh, what, what were the numbers like in August, Peter?
1: Yeah, so August numbers for ICO total fundraising was about 700 million US dollars and about 52 deals.
0: And that's down and that's down pretty sharply it looks like uh from uh from a year earlier. I mean, we're talking like an 86% drop. What's going on here? Is is the boom really over?
1: There does seem to be a boom that is Definitely uh, having some wind knocked out of it, especially coming out of the winter when we saw all those highs with uh, crypto prices that also followed, um, you know, the ICO raise boom. Uh, And while we might see a drop off, I think what we're more likely seeing is that less – questionable ICOs are coming to market and investors are becoming more savvy at determining what is good, what is bad. And so what you're really seeing is just the market um, solidifying around ICOs that are um, a little bit more proper, have a better way of uh, validating their credentials, and investors are avoiding providing money or giving airtime to ICOs that represent something of a risk. Uh, and we see have been seeing a trend that is permeating, such as the median average raise amounts have been increasing. So what you could possibly What, is that, assume, what does that tell you? What, one theory of, of what that could tell you is that, again, investors and the market are becoming more aware of what is a good, what is a bad ICO. And so instead of spreading a lot of money across a distribution of uh, unknown ICOs with unknown teams and unvalidated uh, white papers. Uh, people are gathering around um, a lot of big tentpoles in the ICO market and choosing to go with them over smaller and riskier ICOs that they know less about.
0: Due diligence. What a concept. So one thing that I noticed uh, in some of the in some of the numbers that uh, your team crunched here, uh, is that 52 percent of the ICOs in, in this last period uh, had identifiable, identifiable uh, addresses on EtherScan? Can you explain what EtherScan is and and why it's significant? The proportion of ICOs that that have an address on EtherScan.
1: Yeah, so EtherScan is a website that allows you to track um, addresses, smart contracts, all sorts of tokens on the Ethereum blockchain. Uh, And what we're able to do with ICOs is actually identify the Etherscan address of the smart contract and the ICO uh, token that was used and see, were there actually transactions that were taking place during the time in which this ICO was being raised, Uh, were there not, Uh, What is the distribution of token holders? Is it 99% held by one address, Mm. or is it evenly distributed amongst um, a wide network of different holders? And so those are the types of things we look at, and Etherscan is a great way um, to provide some level of auditing uh, that is outside the realm of just the company telling you what they raised. And that becomes not only a valuable resource from a crypto investor point of view, but just from a general investor point of view. Um, having this um, way to really perform a, an audit is something that's, um, you know, come up from a decentralized, unregulated market. And that's that's pretty cool. And why we're looking at Etherscan in terms of our due diligence from the research side is because... Um, you know, we want that ability to have a little bit more confidence in if an ICO actually transpired and providing that level of reassurance uh, to other researchers that are using this data uh, to perform their own um, processes.
0: And if you can't find a, a token sale on Etherscan, is that, is, is that, that might be a red flag. Does that necessarily mean that it's totally bogus or is there some alternative explanation?
1: Yeah, I would not use the term totally bogus. But I would say uh, more accurately, it is a lower confidence of actually being raised. And so that doesn't mean that it's, you know, a – you know, nefarious uh, bunch of scammers uh, just because they don't have an Etherscan address. Um, They also could not be using the Ethereum blockchain or tokens on Ethereum to be, uh, you know, raising their funds. They could be using a host of other smaller um, uh, ICO platforms that are out there now. And we're seeing a little bit of an uptick in those smaller platforms uh, give rise. But yeah, I would not take it to mean... uh, a, uh, a null value for Etherscan address to mean uh, it's a bad ICO, but more that um, uh, it's, it's a more risky ICO in terms of your ability to audit it externally.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. So uh, any, any other uh, observations about, about the August data? Were there any particular uh, sort of standout deals?
1: Yeah. So, you know, in August, we saw some some big raises. The top two raises were from T0 at $134 million. And that's,
0: uh, that's Overstock. That's the Overstock uh, uh, platform.
1: Correct. Correct. So that's uh, Patrick Byrne. He's a big uh, uh, crypto player in the market. And uh, Overstock is launching T0 um, as a crypto financial platform. Um, Product that will handle a lot of demands from Wall Street in terms of trading mechanisms and uh, providing liquidity and you know twenty four hour trading all, all stuff like that. So they were able to raise one hundred thirty four million recently through an ICO, um, and that was on August six. Um, the other large uh, token raise that occurred in August was Kit Token, which occurred uh, August thirty first uh, for one hundred seventeen million. And they were also trying to provide some um, uh, crypto-backed payment processing platform. And they're based out of Malaysia.
0: Peter, if people want to find you on Twitter, where should they go?
1: Go to at underscore Peter Ryan. And you can catch uh, all my latest research, uh, data deep dives and insights, as well as a couple memes here and there.
0: That is some powerful meme magic this man has going on, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much, Peter.
2: Thank you. Late Confirmation is brought to you by Oxford University's Saïd Business School. You can now study FinTech entirely online with Oxford University's Saïd Business School. The 10-week program gives you the tools you need to build the future of transactions and commerce. You'll explore emerging technologies that will disrupt marketplaces and financial services, and examine the state of the industry and plan disruptive, intra and entrepreneurial interventions. Throughout the program, you'll be exposed to key ideas, principles, and frameworks from CEOs of leading startups, corporate leaders, and instructional leaders at the forefront of research in the space of future commerce and transactions. Find out more at OxfordExecFintech.com.
0: For more on today's stories, check out Coindesk.com. That's also where you can subscribe to our newsletters. We've got Blockchain Bytes, which is a daily digest of all the most important stories in this space. We've got the Markets newsletter, which is custom designed for all you chart geeks and quants out there. If you love technical analysis, you're going to find a lot of value in that that mailing. And then there's also the Coindesk Weekly, which is kind of your long read for the Sunday afternoon. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Coindesk. And if you're looking for me, I'm at Mark Hockstein on Twitter. That's at M-A-R-C-H-O-C-H-S-T-E-I-N on Twitter. Yes, Mark with a C, just like Andreessen. If you're enjoying the show so far, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. For Coindesk, I'm Mark Hockstein, and this has been Late Confirmation.
2: The Podglamour, a sonic universe.